0: In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices, starring Jane Ellen,
1: I don't see how the human race survived the medieval period,
0: and Adam Cravens, a lot of them didn't, this is Binge
1: or Cringe,
0: (laughs) a podcast that lets you know what's worth watching. And what's not from the and Oakley Podcast Center at Rock ninety three
1: seven. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. How many syllables did you put in binge? I was trying to southern it up. Okay, fair enough. Fair rest. enough.
0: I, I was going to say I. I don't know that that's the traditional phonetic no pronunciation.
1: Tis not okay. All right. You know, I sacrifice a lot of my productive time in order to watch television for you, the people, and you, Adam. Which technically means that you're being productive. I guess. Technically. It really harshes my mellow when my husband comes home and puts on wrestling because I have other things I need to watch.
0: To be fair, that could be the title of Jim's autobiography. <laughs> and then I put on wrestling. <laughs> Like much like the, what did we say we could put on my tombstone? Adam watched a lot of movies that other people didn't like. (laughs) I'm just saying like you want something that sums up a lot of what Jim and I do. And then he watched wrestling. Adam watched movies that a lot of people never saw.
1: (laughs) The end. That's the glory. As I've been going through my physical media and I'm thinking, Oh, I'll bet Adam has this. I'll bet Adam has this. He probably has this too. Um, the, the physical media that I don't really use anymore. I, I love that we can stream stuff, classic stuff and new stuff, because maybe it's a hoarder gene, but as soon as there was something I really liked, f- of course, we'll talk about Star Trek. Star Trek. I really liked Star Trek. I, ha- I wanted to possess them so I could watch them on demand. And so I recorded them horribly. And now that I know everything's in the air, I don't feel the need to have to physically possess it any longer.
0: I don't feel the need to possess as much of it. Yes. But there, there are still like every like as the the generations have like went like when it was vhs like and, and you i really feel like it was cheaper like especially when you would get the stuff like used or mm-hmm. my vhs collection was huge whenever i started getting stuff on dvd still a big collection but it it shrunk mm-hmm. then you got to blu ray And it shrunk a little bit more like my 4K collection. And I understand concise when you're talking about me is not like every man's concise. Mm -hmm. But like, honestly, I have streamlined my collection. Like really at this point, it's only movies that I know that I I, I am going to watch continually. Like Mm -hmm. there there are a series of films like and it's less so at this point because 4K is not cheap at all. I've got a couple of television series. Uh one of them's Westworld and one of them's Game of Thrones. But the thing about it is like there's no point in buying Frasier on 4K because they were not thinking about that yeah. in, you know, 1994 or 1993. So like there's less of a necessity than say like whenever it came out on DVD to purchase it. Um Even, like, to the point that, like, I don't even know if I need to get Star Trek in 4K because 1966, they really weren't thinking about 4K. And I don't even know what a 4K release of Star Trek The Next Generation would look like, much less... Deep space nine, maybe Enterprise would have a worthwhile It's been a long time. Um, and at this point it actually has. I don't
1: know. <laughs> what I find interesting and what my offspring use TV for, the streaming, and we stream Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, and then we're using YouTube more for longer things other than just watching people fall, though we do love that, uh, is to watch the shows from which the memes they see on the interwebs originated. So of late in the house, it's a lot of The Office because they've seen so many memes and they want to understand where it came from, which is interesting. How you're looking at a a pop culture moment.
0: Well, like the, you're you're basically looking at the history of, I, I guess the, the 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 lexicon that they're yes viewing that through
1: yes because they only know some of these things as memes. There are a lot of office memes. Yeah, and they, and they don't know why they should say that's what she said, but they know it's a thing and they know it's a meme. Well, or like whenever
0: somebody says, um, "Well, that jumped the shark." Yes. Like, funny enough, somebody actually said what the, what was the, uh, they said to me, the moment that Happy Days jumped the shark was when um, Fonzie became a teacher. And mm-hmm. I go, are you serious? And I go, no, no I go, no. I think the moment <laughs> Happy Days jumped the shark was when Fonzie jumped the shark. Clearly, they don't know who John like, is. I. is. It was just. I, at first, I thought they were being funny until, like... They were just stupid? There was no hint of... And I'm just like, A, you don't know happy days. B, you obviously don't know where the phrase <laughs> jumped the shark came from. Like, you you really nuked the fridge that moment. Like,
1: <laughs> So there are things which you have an opportunity to revisit or visit for the first time and learn and our more current threesome, we we like to put together the 30 Rock and the Parks and Rec and the community with a nice serving of friends on the side, because it seems on Netflix, these shows, friends in particular, much like you keep returning to things that you like, They're just watched and rewatched and rewatched, which is interesting as well. So I'm keen to find out. It's kind
0: of like the syndicated it's the syndicated equivalent of like when Andy Griffith and Bewitched and Gilligan's Island were on like TBS Mm -hmm. or, you know, TNT or any number of the stations that they ended up playing on.
1: Which is fascinating to me. And I love it. it. It makes me feel comfortable. If it's not a Thor Ragnarok day, I can watch Frasier. Or I can watch any of these things without having to pick out a DVD and find the machine. And like you also the
0: the issue, the, the pr- number one problem with that is whenever your physical media gets damaged. Like, yes. And it's less a problem with uh, like a film. Mm-hmm. Like you you only have like hypothetically, unless you bought like a multi disc set, there's one disc in there. Let's say that you've got season three of something and it's a five disc set and see disc three somehow gets mech- me- messed up. Mm-hmm. Most places will not let you just replace disc three of whatever it is like. So now you're potentially looking at replacing that entire set. And granted, they are more affordable than they were, say, in the early like 2000s, but still like, I mean, you're probably talking about like 20 to $30 having to replace that. If you have to like, let's say the episode that you love your, the of that season is on that third disc. I mean, what do you do? Do you just,
1: yeah. Well, in the case of the Simpsons where my discs got, so I'm just, I'm just letting it go. I'm letting them go. Well, the thing about it is, like, they're not even
0: putting The Simpsons out on DVD anymore. Right. Like, they stopped. Basically, it was not turning the profit that it was in, like... The initial Simpsons DVD set set a record that I think was only surpassed by... I want to say it was, like, Chappelle Season 1 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Two of the best-selling DVD sets of all time. They're not doing those numbers anymore. Like people don't want to collect physical media. Right now. I, I own every season of the Simpsons that they have released on DVD and the ones that I don't voodoo had a like It was like a buy one. Get, it was a really cheap sale. I own everything up until like the 20, or 27th season now but some of that is only digital now because they're not right i would and honestly the the completionist in me it almost kind of bothers me I because i understand that i have up to a certain point and the fact is it's not i have to wait a couple of years down the road to see this they're just Fox has essentially said yeah, we may not do any more of this.
1: Well, I'm glad that you have mentioned Fox because uh, there's a show if you are not familiar with. And the other day I mentioned this to a grown up person and they asked me, what is that? And, you know, it's hard for me to not roll my eyes or have my head spin off my shoulders. They did not know what Bob's Burgers was. And there's nine beautiful seasons of Bob's Burgers to be watched all at once on Hulu. Yes, Nine seasons how, 9 how how do i know that it's not even that isn't it that that baffles Nine me seasons and bob's burgers and I, I love the simpsons and i also love family guy but having been on so long both of them you know that there are like really good seasons and sometimes it's hit or miss and even a bad episode of it can be better than most other things.
0: However, like, when you're talking about, say, like, uh, again, the, the Simpsons, like, a season one through nine episode, like, is going to have a hard time comparison, a, 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 any any season that follows that mm-hmm. is going to have a hard time comparing to those seasons.
1: I have great love for all of the Phil Hartman bits, just, you may remember me from, and... I'm Lionel Hutz. <laughs> I just... I mean, on a
0: really just Phil Hartman
1: period, right. and but Bob's Burgers. If you are not familiar with it, has just gotten funnier and funnier. I mean, it is it's rolling in the prime right now, and they're they're in a, a current season. And if you're not familiar with it, have you you've watched Bob's? right? yeah, yeah. okay. I blew. Genous not not money. quite as
0: extensively oh. or completely as it, but but yes I, I I have seen Bob's Burgers
1: because uh, we have Hulu my go to on a Monday because it airs on Sunday night it's like as soon as everyone's out of the house Monday morning that's Bob's Burgers time for Mama
0: <laughs> there I I really do have to you you have to pick certain sh- like I, I Star Trek Discovery. Like Star Trek in particular is a show that I enjoy. And like if you really want to get like most of that stuff, like I, I don't need a lot of distractions. No, I do there not. there are shows that I can watch and like the kids can be making noise, you know, stuff can be going on in the background and it doesn't bother me. Oh. When I experience Star Trek, I, I like I like to be in the deprivation. tank. I understand that. And like, I, I think that that may be our, our correlation there. Mm-hmm. Like, And especially because I, I haven't had a Star Trek show since Enterprise went off. I, I'm i trying to make sure I savor this in case I go through another like 15-year stretch where I don't have any new Star Trek TV. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Bob's Burgers, it's not that it's so adult they can't see it. Because I will then watch it again with any person in the house who wants to see it. Oh, then there's a new one. I'll watch it with you. Uh, Bob's Burgers is about a guy named Bob who has a burger restaurant. That's Makes, that's yeah. really it's all. It's not a clever title, know. like that's it's Bob's, pretty Bob's Burgers. And it's it's just funny because Bob and his wife Linda are it, much like you and I are. They're just pretty much normal people and I swear Louise is both of my children put together. At times, at times they morph once in a while. I'm living with Tina once in a while. It's Jean, but there is a reality to it.
0: Which is funny considering it's animated.
1: Exactly. And it's just funny. That's, that's really all it comes down to. It's just funny. And then I blew Jenna's mind because she's been sick for so long. And I said, hey, do you want to see who voices Bob's Burgers? And I told her Linda was voiced by a man, but I guess she didn't remember that. And then she finds out Tina is also a man. And she's like, what?
0: Fox. Like, and again,
1: that most of what they get their
0: attention for is Family Guy and The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. To be fair, both of them are very long running and have made that that studio a, a lot of money. Mm hmm. But, like, if you will know, look at what they did for primetime animation in general, I mean, honestly, since the heyday of the Flintstones, you had King of the Hill, in addition to that, mm-hmm. Futurama, um, like, th- there there was just this wealth of comedy, like, generally on Sundays, mm-hmm. like, when they would build, like, around that, but, like, uh, or no, A- ABC had The Critic. No, Fox had the critic for after ABC, didn't they? The critic, man, that was funny, man, and it just does another another thing that was just fireflied from existence way too early.
1: (sighs) But uh, I realize that there are some, let's call them adults, who don't watch cartoons. Whatever, Bob's Burgers is funny and well acted and a joy for me and. Of late, it has been my go-to to just rewatch and re-listen because I like I like to hear it. I don't know why you and I both do that. We we'll want to just rehear the same thing.
0: I I think when it's the same the same reason why like you like a you know your your favorite rock song or like a a particular painting will connect with you like the 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 jo- a joke a well told joke is its own like work of art. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same reason that like I continually watch Ghostbusters or or that I, I want to see Bill Murray like tell tell anything it to see like them work a like I said, just a bit a, a bit of timing or mm-hmm. a pause or the, the cadence that they they tell a particular like statement or a joke. It's just it it it's so perfect in its moment you want to keep reliving it because let's see, Ghostbusters was released in nineteen eighty-four. That film is well, well bought past its a, a film's general sell by date. Yet nearly three decades later, I I can look at this movie and it's still just as funny as the first time I watched it.
1: You're listening to Binge or Cringe with Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens from high atop the Henson Oakley Podcast Center.
0: And the thing that just makes it amazing is the fact that like when you tell a joke and you tell it properly, it's the same reason that you and I can still quote things that Richard Pryor said or Eddie Murphy said Mm -hmm. or when somebody so captures that moment You just you want to relive that. And just because it happened to be in a television show like I, I I don't think performance art or comedy in general gets the respect that it deserves because it's not a painting or it's not classical music or it's not a statue. I I think a well-told joke really is its own art. Like I would go see that at a museum, like a hall of comedy or whatever, mm-hmm. just like perfect, perfect moments in in time. Like
1: Now, that reminds me of something that you and I have not yet discussed on the podcast or in real life because I know I have seen it, but I don't know if you have. And it is a new documentary on Netflix that is glorious. The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned, from a mythical man, have you seen it? No. Are you?
0: But but the the fact that Bill, Bill Murray stories is the thing. Like
1: so, before I tell you about the the move, the documentary happened because of what I'm about to tell you. You are aware of people saying, "Well, oh, Bill Murray showed up and he's in my wedding photo," and Bill Murray was at this frat party. And Bill, have you heard any of yes, these? Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. They're real. Oh yeah, yeah. Bill Murray likes to, and the filmmaker posits this, he believes that Bill Murray likes to give people a moment as opposed to, uh, I'm going to sign an autograph or whatever. He is in a, a certain space in his life where he can just pop up where he wants to, where he is certainly recognized and welcomed. And that's how he... Connects with people and just like bear, gives he, him a moment. He showed up
0: one night at a bar and started bartending at yes. this guy's uh, bachelor party. Like, mm-hmm. get, can I? Any any memory of like he he came up to somebody at a Wendy's, ate a fry off their tray and looked at him and goes, nobody's ever going to believe this happened to you. Which
1: like, just, is awesome, and it's so Murray. Like, yes. So this. Here's the thing, this documentary, I don't remember the name of the guy who made it. This guy had heard about the stories and he wanted to know are all of them true? You know, which ones which ones are what's like what's happening and he wanted to meet Bill Murray who he loved. Well, yeah, of course, uh, of course he wanted. Yeah. To be Bill. <laughs> well, everyone wants to meet and Bill Murray. Apparently, Bill Murray has an 800 number. And yep. at times he'll listen to his 800 number. And so you see the, the filmmaker and the filmmaker's mom even is like saying, this is what I want to do. It's like phone call after phone call after phone. Call. He's got he's got a P.O. box mm-hmm. that he sometimes. That's the thing about like, OK, in, in,
0: the, the terrible movie, Charlie's Angels. He is in that movie. Mm-hmm. He is not in the second one. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he just outright refused to be in the movie. They couldn't get a hold of Bill Murray to sign him up mm-hmm. to do the movie. It like he, they just could they couldn't get him. And, like, sometimes it happens where you just can't, like, uh, apparently that was the issue with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well. (laughs) Initially, um, Robert Zemeckis wanted him for the role of Eddie Valiant, but he couldn't get in touch with him. That's funny. Like, you just, I mean, for whatever, and I'll tell you, like, the way you have to get a hold of Bill Murray, it's, it's very Bill it's Murray sublime. and it's I mean, it's perfect. But again, like you start looking at those kind of, like again, like how how great and I'm not saying that Bob Hoskins wasn't great and who framed Roger Rabbit, but how great oh, yeah. would who framed Roger Rabbit have been with Bill Murray in it?
1: So this documentary maker of the Bill Murray stories tracks down. The most famous ones, or I guess any that he could find, he t- for instance, Bill Murray is in a couple's engagement photo. He talks to the couple. He talks to the photographer. He says how it happened, and then he talks about the incident where he was tending bar, uh, how he went and hung out with people, and I think in interacting with people like that. He's not necessarily in the mobbed situation where I've done a lot of meet and greets from my many years in radio. And when an artist has to do a meet and greet, that's what they have to do. There's like 50 people who for whatever reason won this, got that, and they have to get through all of them and then let the artist still have time to prepare for the show. So, because they're not going to meet you afterwards because they're tired. So the meet and greet, you know, you might get two minutes. hi, how you doing? Sign this. Take a picture next. It's not that they're rude. They're trying to meet and greet everyone, but there's no real connection.
0: I think it's the the difference between an assembly line mm-hmm. and having somebody hand make like something right for you like it one one is going to be like th- there's no guarantee that bill Murray's just gonna like he could just show up one day and be on the podcast. I would love that.
1: I would is, is it By gonna, the way, is, Bill, you're welcome on this show at any time. You're you're welcome
0: at my house at any time. I will get out of my bed and sleep in the floor.
1: I will catch your drool off the pillow. I, I'm just saying, and like not sell it on eBay. Bill Bill Murray is welcome. We love him. To call Bill Murray a, a
0: legend, I, I mean honestly, I think is to disservice Bill Murray a little. Like I, I have I have long been a fan. Of Bill Murray. And just about anybody that has ever met me knows of the Mm -hmm. hero worship that happens when I start talking about Bill Murray.
1: Yeah. So this is why I'm surprised you haven't seen it. The documentary. Is so well done. And to hear the people retell their stories. Is Lovely, Because they get to, and that may be part of Bill Murray's intent, they get to relive that moment over and over and And over. And they're
0: all all unique. They're all very remarkably unique. I mean, they're almost their own little short stories.
1: For instance, I got to retell a story just the other day in which you were involved where I have kind of a an issue sometimes with food. And here we are in a restaurant in Nashville where I give you a two second warning that I cannot stop from vomiting. And so Adam and Chris very kindly just start putting menus around me, which is hilarious. And yet, (laughs) you know, and that's our story to tell because that doesn't happen to everybody. No, no. And so Bill Murray has given better stories than vomiting behind menus but hey, if I was vomiting behind a menu and, and Bill Murray said, Hey, okay, I'd be I'd tell that story I'd too. I'd
0: find a way to stop vomiting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I sure would. I'd so w- the the bittersweet part about the documentary is he did, you know, meet Bill Murray and shake his hand in a situation type thing, but he realized that he was pushing too hard for it and he said, The Bill Murray stories that happen, they're just going to happen, and he said, I've been trying to plan my own Bill Murray story, and it's not going to work out for me that way, there, he said, and I don't want it to work out that way. It
0: has to be organic.
1: Yes, and made me, th- I, I, I just hope Bill Murray finds this guy, because that would be super fun for me to know that he did, but it's very interesting and wonderful to just watch
0: a lot of Murray's best moments, like even in his movies, are these unplanned, like bits of spontaneity. Like the the man is a brilliant, like improvisationalist. And I'll guarantee you, like all of your favorite lines from Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, or Groundhog's Day mm-hmm. are probably things that Bill Murray cooked up. Uh, like either Harold Ramis created the moment, wrote it and directed it, or Bill Murray came up with it on the fly. Like
1: I, I just wish I could watch all the lines that didn't make it. And you'll also appreciate this. Uh, Bill Murray, once again, pops into my head. My oldest child has to do something that is church related, where she, she texts me and says, I got to make this thing. I need a, a catchphrase of some sort, something, something that means something to me. And so naturally, the first thing I say is, try this one. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. And then I go through a number of others, wildly inappropriate. The one she latches onto and used, it's my way or the highway from a movie she's not yet seen, but is now part of her coat of arms over things doesn't, that does, mean important to her.
0: Doesn't understand the context no. like, of it. or no.
1: So... Back off, man, I'm a scientist. I mean, it's just, it's there. I mean, it's its how I breathe. So Bill Murray stories on Netflix uh, came out technically 2018. It's totally worth maybe the hour and 20 minutes that it is. And if you're not familiar with Bill Murray, well, you're probably not listening at this point.
0: Or or if you somehow still are, like IMDB him Yeah. and just go through... All of it. Yes. Like the films themselves are not always exceptional, but Bill Murray always is.
1: He's one of those people. Steve Martin is another. I have a small list. I just have to see them. And I guess uh, it's it's um dopamine. It's, kin- it's, it's kinetic. All like, of a sudden I see something in the happies.
0: There's an ele- electricity mm-hmm. like to it.
1: Which I assume is what people... Uh, react to when they see me that's how i've been going through my life so don't rain on my parade i just assume everyone wants to see me (laughs) anyway uh the bill murray story is certainly worth your time and that's why we love the streaming next up
0: narcissism and how it affects (laughs) those around you
1: yes when we make our own documentaries about ourselves (laughs) narcissism and Adam <laughs> coping with being perfect. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my tombstone. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, my legacy. Yes. Anyway. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're going to get to some more TV for you because we owe it to you, man. And who Who else is going to? Exactly. Nobody but us, because we care enough to watch more TV than anyone else we know. That's that's all I got to say. So thank you for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam
0: Cravens. Binge or Cringe, starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens, is a Hinson Oakley Podcast Center production. Listen to new or past podcasts anytime at rock937online.com.